Hey, welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church podcast, where we have conversations about leadership, we get behind the scenes of church life, and we dig into what it looks like to follow Jesus as we find our way together. Please join me in welcoming our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of our, not just Finding Our Way podcast, but our little mini-series here where we're going to uh, kind of discuss what's going on in each of our locations. We heard about our, our anchor cause specifically uh, in St. Catharines regarding homelessness services recently. And uh, today we get to talk about Welland with our new-ish Welland location pastor, Tom Lowen. Tom, welcome back. How are you doing? Thank you. Yep. Uh, doing pretty good. Enjoying the new role here in Welland and feeling like uh, it's a, it's a good season to be a part of this community. So feeling good. Great. Well, I know we're going to have fun talking about that. Um, first things first, let's check in on kind of how you're doing. How's your family doing? I know that you guys have been caring a lot recently and uh, don't know how many people are aware of that. So maybe you can share a little bit of that. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, uh, it's been a challenging season in, in a few different ways, but uh, um, generally speaking, things have been pretty good. Sarah Jade, my wife is back at school um, I've been sort of adapting to a new role. Our kids are doing great in school. They're in kindergarten and grade two, just getting ready for summer vacation, getting into baseball, lots of coaching. Uh, and so just fun times in, in that regard. But we've, we've just had a bit of a crisis in this last two and a half months. Um, Sarah Jade's brother, uh, has had a, I don't even know how to get into it. He was found unconscious. Uh, by the time the paramedics arrived, they believe his heart had stopped for more than 20 minutes. And so he has been unconscious in the ICU, mostly in Welland, for the last two and a half months and uh, has not regained consciousness and has not shown any substantial signs of any improvement. And the, the doctors have sort of indicated that uh, there really isn't going to be any improvement beyond this. Uh, from their medical perspective. So experiencing the, the, the grief of that, uh, especially for Sarah, uh, this is her 38 year old brother who actually in recent months has really kind of become a huge part of our life and was experiencing a lot of healing and growth and, and, uh, renewed life, uh, to suddenly for this to happen. And in such an unexplained way has been super, super hard. And then to have it stretched out over months, and we find ourselves now in a bit of a limbo where we, we really don't know how long this process is going to take. It's, it's, it's been painful, sad, exhausting, all kinds of things. Hmm. Yeah, the shock of immediate grief, only to realize that that's kind of pre-grief, extended yeah. pre-grief, prolonged, uncertain grief. I mean, it's a... It's, uh, it's a whole cocktail of intensity. And uh, I know those of us who have been tracking with you internally certainly have been praying for you guys and are here for you. But for those of us in our community uh, listening in, know that that's uh, a very real uh, piece of what Tom and Sarah Jade are carrying these days. So mm-hmm. I know, uh, you know her, her brother Chase was uh, you know, becoming part of our well and location, which mm-hmm. is sort of bittersweet because it... it it kind of frames the context for just how well 
our well and location has been doing in, you know, even being able to it, it include and, and serve and, and track with, with someone like him. So uh, it's certainly a bittersweet conversation at some level that we're going to have today. Yeah. Um, you've been around for a long time, almost 20 years on our staff, never mind growing up in our community, but you have been in this location pastor role uh, a little bit newer just for the past few months. So just remind us of sort of the location's history and kind of how it's come to be and, and what it's about these days. Yeah, we're going back to when we were uh, one church at one location in St. Catharines. Uh, we, uh, we were growing in numbers and two services that were pretty packed and we started thinking about some options of what we should do to, to navigate that and uh, explored all kinds of different ideas and eventually landed on realizing, well, we've got this substantial crowd coming from Welland and actually a bunch of them had actually come with a dream of planting a church, um, much like Southridge. And so uh, in renewing that dream among some of them, we had talked about the idea of, well, what if we created a, a second location of Southridge? That would still be one church, but we could actually um, create a, a Southridge experience in Welland. And that was, uh, help me remember, was that 2009? Yeah, I thought eight or nine. Yeah. yeah, I think it was 2009. And so Welland, if I'm remembering correctly, I think was it was part of our very first two multi-site locations that we launched. I think it was the first. Yes, and, it was. Uh, and so we've been, we've been kicking around now for uh, a, almost a decade and a half. And it's, Welland has always been a really beautiful and unique community filled with super uh, invested, talented, good people, uh, really committed people. It's always been a great community. From day one, I, I actually was a part of it, although I wasn't full-time in Welland. Um, I was part of a rotating, a revolving kind of location worship band. So I got to go around to all the locations initially and got to be part of some of our early days at when we met at Centennial High School, uh, the joys of meeting as a community of about uh, 75 people in a 1,100-seat auditorium. Those were <laughs> kind of ridiculous days. Um, and, and then uh, through all the different seasons uh, where we met at the wellness complex and then eventually uh, when Mike Minema was the location pastor here, we found this location. And since... Uh, since being here and having a bit of a permanent residence, a permanent occupation here in Welland, um, the community, the identity of this community has just continued to thrive. Um, and the ways that we've been able to integrate with the broader community uh, has just been really profound. And so uh, it's a beautiful, small, but vibrant community here in Welland. Uh, and we, lo- we love being a part of it. And knowing that each of our Southridge locations is organized around what we call an anchor cause or a reason for being in that community uh, and a focused kind of investment in compassion and justice. Describe the Welland anchor cause these days. Yeah, so the probably the, the, the central kind of word that we use to describe our anchor cause is affordability. Um, here in Welland, uh, we we experience uh, a, a fair amount of 
insecurity, economic insecurity, when it comes to housing, when it comes to food insecurity, when it comes to even the cost of and access to transportation. And so we've been able to, over the last number of years, and, and this sparked up a bit before, but then really took off during the pandemic, where we've been able to, what we, we call it Harvest Kitchen, which is a, a meal program we serve every single Friday night, all year round. Uh, we probably serve about 70, 80 people on, on a Friday night here in our building. And that's sort of been the, the center of the Anchor Cause, where we are providing meals and building relationships with people who are experiencing food insecurity specifically. Um, but that meal, that Friday night meal, is accompanied also by something that we call Collective Kitchen, which happens about a couple times a month where we, uh, for a smaller group of people, they can actually come and gather for a day and uh, cook, uh, I believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 meals for 25 bucks. Uh, And so it enables people to be able to have food in the fridge for the month and uh, do that in an affordable way and do that in community. And actually the beautiful thing about it is we often talk about Um, in our anchor causes, we use the phrase compassion and justice. Um, And those are actually two wings of the same bird, so to speak. The the compassion being uh, Jesus is awakening in us as a church and has been now over decades, uh, the need to respond compassionately to people in difficult situations, people who are experiencing marginalization and poverty. And the compassion is just the caring enough to help out. Uh, meeting a need, so to speak. But the justice side is when we get to actually um, go beyond just caring about the problems that people encounter and actually starting to push back against some of the systemic issues and even subvert some of the cultural and economic situations that keep people down and keep people marginalized. And things like Collective Kitchen Uh, or even our community garden that we expanded this year and is a really exciting thing, help us actually push back and and engage in some justice stuff where people are able to participate in ways that lift themselves out of the the experience of poverty and economic injustice. And so rather than having to go and spend a fortune at a, a grocery store, um, people can come and be part of collective kitchen or even participate we have some ideas of how the community garden can also be a, a way for people to access groceries. And we can get into some of this too, but there's actually all kinds of dreams about how we could even do more of that. But at the end of the day, um, affordability, economic, and especially food insecurity is, is really the core hub of our anchor cause investments right now. Um, and then beyond that, there are, like I said, there are dreams around even maybe some housing insecurity stuff that we might be able to respond to. There's all kinds of, cool and interesting stuff happening behind the scenes these days about that. And as we're kind of wrapping up our ministry season, we wanted to do a bit of a roundabout of each of our locations, get a sense for kind of the pulse of what's happening there and how people are doing. What would you say, you know, when it comes to the community itself is the vibe these days, we've talked about replanting coming out of the pandemic. Like how are people feeling? Where, where do you feel like they're at? I would say that, um, I mean, you can't paint a whole community with one brush, but I would say what I consistently hear from so many people here uh, in in an ongoing way is just how excited. There's a ton of enthusiasm around here. There's a ton of energy for what God's up to among us. Um, 
Sundays are vibrant. They're growing. Um, you know, we're definitely in this season of kind of replanting a church out of COVID. You know, if I look back to the start of this ministry season back in September, we were we were scratching and clawing to pull 90 people together on a Sunday morning. Um, this spring, we've been, you know, probably our highest numbers have been closer to like 180, 150, 160, which is almost double the size. So even though our numbers are small, that's a substantial uh, change. So we're seeing a, a lot of growth, but it's um, it's a lot of exciting growth too. There's been a number of people who have plugged into our community having come from either no or no recent history with faith um, and have actually journeyed through getting involved, plugging into life groups, getting involved in ministry, getting baptized. And we've had a lot to celebrate around here. There's a, there's just a ton of, a ton of energy and our community, well, the Welland, the Welland location has always kind of been like this, but I feel it so much. I, I feel like when people plug in, whether it's on Sunday morning or at Harvest Kitchen on Friday night, or if we do social events, People show up with a genuine sense that God's up to something and want, just want to be do whatever it takes to be part of it. And that posture, that openness, I think God it, you know, rewards us regularly with just a sense of, of Christ's presence overwhelmingly among us. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of really good energy happening here. That said, I look out even... Yeah, I look out over the community and I recognize there's also a lot of need and crisis in our community. We're, we're sort of in this beautiful balancer mix of God's up to some incredible stuff and we've got tons to celebrate and a lot of people going through really, really hard crisis level stuff. And I think that's, that's also part of the gift that God's giving us is that I think we're learning, um, even as we, as I, you know, as the location pastor, I'm experiencing this we're learning how to actually just really love each other and be there for each other and be the hands and feet and love of Jesus to each other when life isn't going exactly as planned. Um, and it's taking us to a, a really a kind of beautiful place that's feels palpable. It feels noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it uh, certainly from the perspective of restarting or replanting after a pandemic, it feels like our well and location is, as active and as vibrant and as missionally focused as it's ever been. And mm-hmm. uh, so That's that for sure restart, true. that relaunch has, has, has really happened. And yet there are, whether they're pandemic induced or triggered or just exacerbated, uh, there are some, some challenges that we're facing, particularly in just the, the overall kind of health of the community. And so when you identify some of that pervasive struggle and crisis, like, are you able to put a finger on where that's coming from or, or what's causing that or, or, or more importantly, like how as a community, let alone as a church, as a whole, uh, we can rally around and address that with the love of Jesus. It's hard to always know these kinds of things. Like is life harder than it was 10, 20 years ago, 50 years ago? Um, or do we just know more and we are a bit more open to talk about these things and being more vulnerable with each other? I think in some ways our, our world has gotten harder. Economic pressures are way harder. I think whether it's pandemic hangover or other things, it, it feels like mental health crisis is is only picking up steam. Um, and 
I think increasingly we've created a safe space and context where uh, people show up again, whether it's to Sunday, Friday, life group, whatever. Um, and it's just, I, I think we've created a safe enough space that people don't feel like they have to pretend. They don't, they don't have to put on a mask, act as if everything's perfect. Um, and so we're, I'm seeing a lot more of people just being real and honest with each other and with themselves. And in that, in the mess of all of that, like I said, we're actually getting to experience real, you know, community is a buzzword, but real love, real acceptance. Um, I, again, I can speak personally to this. I don't know. I don't, I haven't always lived in a season. I've had, I've been very fortunate. I had, a lot of privilege and haven't been in a ton of crisis in my life. And so maybe I didn't know what it would be like, but uh, we have felt truly loved and cared about people actually want to know what's going on, not for gossipy reasons, but because they actually want to know how they can support, care, pray, love us, just uh, shoot the text of encouragement. And I, I see that happening, not just for us, but for so many in our community. And I hope even the ones that I'm not seeing, this is the kind of gift that we can actually give to each other as a spiritual family. That gift of, I see you, I care about you. I know life is hard right now, but I'm with you. God is with you. And we've always said friendship makes the difference. Um, that's not just a slogan. Um, or a ministry campaign, like true loving community is the medicine that each of us needs to find healing. And it's the miracle that God wants to do among us more than anything else. The miracle that God wants to work among us is to create a community that is centered on the love of Christ that we can share with each other in practical, honest ways. Yeah. It's amazing having worked through the book of Philippians this year, and we've talked about this recently uh, offline, the the prayer of Paul for that church is that they would abound in love more and more. And certainly communities like ours talk about the good news of Jesus ultimately being about love. And there are other churches besides ours that try to operationalize that and express that to a, a watching world, in our case, through our anchor causes. But you know, when you really get into the meat and potatoes of just being Jesus people together, it's amazing how that really becomes the glue and the fabric that this is ultimately all about is to experiencing the, the, the healing reality of up close and personal, unconditional, accepting, practically supportive, here for you, got your back, no matter what kind of love. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really extraordinary even, and maybe even in spite of all of those, those practical challenges. And like you said, those challenges actually serve to stimulate and illuminate that essence and power of what this is ultimately all about in the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's funny when we've been going through Philippians, I, 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 I love that. And I, I, I agree this, this series has been profound for many of us. I've, I've told you this before. I've, I've always felt a little bit nervous when churches start talking about things like unity um, because often it, it's it's trying to address um, you know, people at, 
aren't seeing eye to eye or they're not getting along. And so, hey, we got to unify, we got to unify. And, and often the unity that I've experienced um, or that I've heard talked about, often it has to do with either theological or philosophy of ministry. But what's been beautiful through uh, the Apostle's letter to the church in Philippi has been this idea of harmony or unity around the person of Jesus and around the behaviors of practically loving each other and selflessly orienting ourselves around each other. And that is a different kind of thing that is, I'm starting to see for the first time maybe in my life, how central that is to the heart of Jesus for the church, that we would actually just come together and belong to each other. Yeah, to in, to incarnate love, <laughs> to yeah. embody the, yeah. the the person of Jesus defined by love. So yeah. that that kind of leads me into uh, in the next set of questions because I know, as sensitive as your your being and and feeling towards the immensity of struggle and crisis and need in your community, there actually is a much stronger sense of optimism and enthusiasm than discouragement or oh, there really is uh, yeah. or struggle. What are people uniquely excited about these days in the in the Welland community? Oh, there's lots. Um, again, I, I already talked about this, but we've seen a number of people. I mean, first of all, there's just there's just new life and new vibrancy of wonderful people that are coming and being a part of a community. And um, so, one of the things that we did. Uh, uh, just a few months ago, maybe February, uh, was we started gathering on Sunday mornings around round tables. And it seems like just kind of a weird, probably there would have been a time I would have thought, oh, that's kind of bizarre and not wouldn't have been overly into it. But what it's actually done is it has made every time we gather as a church feel more like a family reunion than a, an event we're attending. Uh, and that's a, that's a nut we haven't been able to crack forever uh, when it comes to our gatherings, our large group gatherings. But one of the things that I'm super excited about, and I think that is breathing a ton of energy and life into people, is just this sense of we're together and we know each other and we're doing this together. And so um, I just met with some of our life group leaders uh, before this podcast, and there's an energy around, like there's a ton of people who want to get connected and we can actually learn how to do community well together. That's really exciting. Um our, the, the Harvest Kitchen and the Community Garden, you know, as well as the Collective Kitchen, it really has taken off and it's, it's growing and more and more people are getting in, interested in what's happening, not just on Sundays, but on Friday nights and what's happening throughout the week. And it's creating a beautiful hub of community and unlikely friendships that, you know, I'll hear people say to me, you know, that stuff is more church to me than even Sunday morning is. And boy, that's, that's something we have been wanting to hear people say for a long time. Uh, that they're getting the idea that this is church when we're actually getting into unlikely friendships and starting to, you know, balance the scales of injustice and care about, you know, people whose life circumstances I might otherwise have never even known about or encountered. So that's super exciting. Um, and, and there are beautiful dreams about where that could even go beyond this, you know. Um, uh, there's also... Uh, behind the scenes, a ton of uh, excitement and energy around the idea of maybe using our property for some affordable housing, uh, which may not be something that everyone knows about. We don't talk about it a ton on Sunday mornings, but we do have some land here and uh, affordable housing is a massive crisis through Niagara, certainly in Welland. 
Um, and so we're wondering about exploring what would it look like to create maybe a tiny homes community here on our property that could help address some of that. Um, yeah, there's just, uh, I guess sometimes it feels a little bit indefinable, but when I, when I gather together with this community and we're together in different environments, um, we've had some beautiful stories being told. Uh, we recently shared the story of Prisca and her family after years of being separated, finally being reunited. Um, more stories like this where God is, is just bringing healing to, to our lives. I find, to me, I just can't get enough. And I think that's the, that's the sense that people have around here. I'm almost addicted to, to seeing what God will do next among us. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you want, if, if I'm giving you enough practical examples, but. No, that's uh, great. The one that I was thinking about just to give our people outside of Welland a bit of a flavor too, is the, the significance of its family ministry. I know on Sundays oh. when, when I'm preaching there live, I mean, half the church gets up and leaves when we release the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of this raucous applause for the, the, the younger portion of the, the, the congregation. But uh, I know even in the recent family ministry series around homegrown faith that the partnership with parents has really been strengthening in, uh, in the Welland community as well. So something that I, I certainly have noticed and, and I'm celebrating. I, I guess from my perspective, you, you know, looking forward, as we wrap up this ministry season and kind of reload for, for another in the fall and beyond, what would you say are some of the, the bigger conversations or maybe the, the, the top priorities specifically for Welland as we're heading into a new ministry season? When we get to the fall, um, probably, I mean, I, I, I would say that, that Sundays are, are, are rock and rolling here. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The family ministry, the kids programs, we're it's pretty jumping around here our biggest conversations and and opportunities right now are to respond to all of the new people and and to really make sure that whether it's life groups or social events or different uh, opportunities for people to get connected um we we really need to make sure like you know it's people are showing up on sundays and they're you know filling out connect cards and getting the emails and having the coffees and coming to welcome lunches, but to but to actually see that process all the way through, and to get see find people getting connected into life groups and into ministry engagement, um, we got to help make sure that everyone's experience of church life and and being part of the spiritual family isn't just uh, showing up for an event on Sunday mornings. Um, that's going well, but we have a ton of more work to do, so it's a huge opportunity. And then beyond that, we just actually launched, uh, we've had this behind the scenes program that we actually run at all of our locations called the Community Connect Program. Um, this is a program where we try to intentionally uh, invite people into friendships, um, unlikely friendships. And most cases, these are between people who typically show up on Sunday mornings and people who typically show up uh, at Harvest Kitchen. We wanna invite people to become friends and through those friendships, experience uh, mutual discipleship and growth and benefit um, in learning how to just experience the love of Jesus in those relationships um, that can also include practical support. We just actually had our, uh, last Sunday our first orientation meeting to launch that program kind of in a more official way. And there are some really great facets to that where um, we've got tons of new people getting involved. 
We've got lots of support systems in place for people who want to be part of these kinds of unlikely friendships. Um, we've got some great social events coming up. Um, we're hoping to go to, you know, Maryville Speedway for an event and, you know, maybe a jackfish game. And um, we're hoping to really get that pumping throughout the fall so that um, what we're doing on Friday nights isn't just a meal that we serve and then go home, but it's actually becoming community. It's becoming everything we're talking about, these love-centered relationships. Yeah, it's been neat to see the way that the St. Catharines location and our anchor cause of homelessness uh, has been able to kind of share ideas and, and bleed over mm-hmm. strategies because the community connect approach has been really effective in fostering friendship that makes a difference there. And now, uh, similarly adopting that in, in, uh, Welland, um, a- any other, you mentioned the, the possibility of the tiny homes neighborhood and affordable housing and things like that. Any other big dreams that people in your location are working on these days? Well, yeah, that is pretty exciting. Like there's very real, this isn't just pipe dream. This is, there are dollars and cents and, and, and real work that has been done to, um, to think about how to most effectively use what God has given us as a church to serve our community. So like we could find ourselves this coming year in some significant conversations about a building project to actually have people living on our property and um, figuring out what that could actually look like. There's a, that's a, that's a huge one. Um, and it's, even recently, we've had some really phenomenal volunteers step up and say they want to be a part of that. So they'll they'll actually be moving on that through the summer as well, moving into the fall. Um, yeah. Um, what else? I felt like I had something and I can't remember it now. <laughs> okay, well, we'll save that for next year. Um, it's, it's, it's neat. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Oh, can I say? Go. Can I do it? Yeah, you can do oh, it. I was just going to say like this whole community garden thing has been, has been, uh, such a cool start. We started it last year and now we've kind of really expanded it this year and it's opening up the, it's, it's getting kind of our dreaming muscles going right now to think like more than just like fruits and vegetables that we can grow. Um, you know, could we actually plant some fruit trees and, and maybe could we actually engage some of our members who have a, maybe a little bit larger properties and could we actually grow food even not just on our property but throughout our community and even things like you know we have a few people here because we're out in more of a rural area who have chickens and if people took on a few more chickens could they actually get uh, some eggs that could be provided as as potential grocery opportunities and I was chatting with somebody who raises their own cow every year to put you know a ton of meat in their freezer over the winter well what if you could get like 20 25 people 30 people to go in on on something like that could it be affordable enough and with some of the expertise and know-how and and farmland that some of us have access to to put some food into freezers uh at a a substantially lower cost Um, even i've chatted with people about uh, maybe doing a giant canning day so people can have salsas and pickles and you know canned fruit throughout the winter that doesn't require large um, chest freezers that some of us have and some of us don't have there's all kinds of actually expanded visions of where this could go um, that just have us thinking there really are no limits to how we could do life differently if we center those in need center other people whose experience is different than ours and bring the love of jesus to bear on practical issues of injustice and marginalization. There's, there's a ton of dreams actually out there uh, that I think are kind of exciting. 
That's great. Appreciate you mentioning that. Um, as we wrap up with an eye on not just the summer where we kind of reload things, but, you know, launching into the future, any, any final kind of encouragements or challenges, either our members or other leaders listening when it comes to just the local church life of your location as part of a multi-site church trying to be Jesus incarnate uh, in our part of the world? Ultimately, I'm just super encouraged these days um, and want to invite everyone who would be listening to this to to be less less maybe excited about all of the, like I said earlier, the ministry philosophies or all the programs we're all trying to offer and all of these kinds of things, but to really heed the call that Philippians has been inviting us into to stay, keep our hearts close to Jesus. Let's let's actually follow Jesus in the you know culturally radical idea of selflessness and sacrifice and others orientation. Let's learn to really just love each other. It sounds simple, but it 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 really is miraculous. If we could be a community where we commit to genuinely caring about each other and prioritizing each other, like Jesus has done for us. And as Jesus fills us, that we do that for each other. That is not easy to do, but it is something, it is kind of, the, it's the impossible work in us that Jesus is eager to do and present in us to do. And I see it happening increasingly. Let's just keep leaning into that because there's something really good and beautiful here for us to experience and share with the, the surrounding community. Fantastic. Thanks for being here, Tom. We, uh, we love you guys. We love our Welland location and uh, are really grateful to kind of hear the pulse, but also celebrate what God's up to along with you guys. Fantastic. Awesome. To all of you who are tracking with us again today, thanks for being here. We'll see you in about seven days time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody.